from Shab Events to our podcast today. I have a couple of questions for them. The first one being, in experiential marketing linked to consumer goods and brands, what is happening in the time of COVID and how is that industry being transformed? Hi, Celeste. Um, thank you for having us today. Alexi here from Shab Event and uh, with Guillaume, my partner. Hello. Uh, it's a great question. It's probably the question that everyone's asking in the industry. Uh, what to do uh, in time of COVID and what to do now? Even though countries are reopening, uh, we see economies across the world at being different stage of uh, moving into a, a post-COVID phase, uh, post-lockdown. Uh, you can see that most of the event now, which is uh, probably one of the main touch points of the entire retail and luxury industry, um, apart from social media marketing, uh, obviously, and, and press, uh, so all the advertising and out of home, the experiential marketing itself, which are the events and the live experience are stopped at the moment. So a lot of brands have decided to, um, depending on the level of maturity, to move online. Digital is not new. Uh, it's something that's been on for a long time. However, going overnight from a little bit of digital in a big amount of live experience, to a 100% digital experience as being a huge transformation uh, that brands have been trying to catch up uh, very quickly. Okay, fabulous. And do you, is there, do you have any examples of what that looks like in the time of COVID? That switch, that transformation about what is exactly happening? Yeah, you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. I just actually exited a call with uh, with one of our uh, clients, <laughs> and and it's it, it's actually interesting because they have sometimes the tools, but they don't have the solution. So uh, all of our clients, I think in Singapore we have about 160 global accounts, and all of our clients do have tools. You know, they like Alexis said, it's not new. So they they have a Skype for uh, enterprise, or they have uh, Webex or, or tools like that. But now that they have to use them in the time of COVID where they're not in the same room and it's fully uh, digital, not even hybrid, uh, they struggle because the engagement is key. And this is where uh, Chad events come in with the Chad Lab new branch because we have this experience on live, event, live events, sorry, to uh, you know, create, generate, and use those uh, engagement actions and generate the emotions between the brands and their consumer or the services of these uh, clients of ours and uh, their consumer. So this is where the, the thinking part was interesting at Chat because we think that it's about integrating a series of tools into creating a solution, which is the solution that fits our clients. And um, in, in that example where, where I was in the call, they, they need to integrate 11 markets with one tool that works to train their sales team. And they really struggle because, honestly, if you are following a, a webinar, and I'm sure a lot of you have done that uh, already, um, maybe after 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you put your cam off and then you put your mic off. And then maybe because you're home, you take care of your kids or you do something else because it's really hard to keep them engaged and focused. So we have managed to develop and use some existing also tools uh, to generate a lot more engagement, whether we are talking about uh, internal meeting or uh, client engagement, uh, this is where the, the, the real focus of Chab Lab uh, is today. Great, thank you. Thank you so much. And re recently I've seen 
uh, in the press that you've come out with Shab Digital Events. And I want to know exactly what, what this is all about. If you can tell me a little more. Yeah, sure. Um, so Chab Lab, the Chab Digital Lab, is um, something that we brought forward, uh, not only with the COVID, but with the, the evolution of the world. Um, most of the technologies are not new. Uh, you do live stream, broadcast, uh, augmented reality has been here for a while. Uh, social media marketing, influencers has been here. However, with COVID, all that has been brought forward to the forefront rather than being an additional touch point um, to live experience. The, the big question underlying that uh, when we work with brand and that's what brought Chab Lab is, how can you create experiences and interaction that really matters in a socially distance world, uh, in a sense? Because live experience always been great to deliver impact and engagement and to create that emotional connection between the brand and the consumer or between the brand and the employees, if we're talking about internal employee engagement. And because right now with COVID and socially distanced the world, social media still works and advertising. And that's great because that drives awareness or however experiences, live experience, uh, physical touch points is what engage and inspire and drive uh, brand love. Um, so as, a, as an event agency and as an experience agency, um, with the socially distanced world, um, that hasn't changed our goal. The goal is still to drive brand love. The goal is still around storytelling. However, we felt um, we needed to work with our clients towards uh, what has changed, which is the medium. Um, not being just live, but also going online and having this mean of creating this really strong interaction with the audience. Because when you move online, as Guillaume just said before, it's really hard to keep the attention of the audience uh, for a longer period of time. So you have to be short and sweet, uh, but you have to be really impactful. And that's kind of where the Chab Lab comes from. Guillaume, you want to add something? No, I think you, you, you saw it all. Uh, definitely, uh, we're talking about some uh, interaction, to be more precise for the people listening to, to us. Um, I think uh, one of the, the description we can give is that uh, second screen uh, technology. Uh, we, we have that uh, tool, which is quite nice. Basically, we are using the main screen of the computer so that people follow the conference, the event, or whatever they, are, they have to be uh, following. And then we send an alternative link for their smartphone. And then they will use their smartphone as the interaction tool. So it means that the smartphone can be used to answer poll, quiz, but also we go way further than that, way beyond. So uh, one of the, the things that's been developed is very interesting is about selfies. No selfie. Uh, in Asia, but now I think around the world is very largely used, <laughs> uh, especially in the industries that we're talking about. And um, one of the tools that we have allows you to, during a conference, have every people in the audience take a selfie, and then you kind of swipe up that selfie within the, the mini website that we have, uh, which then sends that selfie into the main screen that everyone is watching live. Uh, and then those selfies are floating in the air in a really nice design way, of course. Uh, and then when we want, in the back end, we can just press a button and all the selfies will come and form a logo or a percentage of growth or any key message that the brands want to send. So it's very strong. You know, that's just one example, which is hard to picture with words. Um, but it's one thing that we, we love to do with our clients right now is to see, okay, how can we engage people when they are all remote? 
and, and I think the future of that will also be a uh, hybrid. I guess uh, uh, Alexi have had uh, plenty of uh, projects like this so far, so we are we are well aware of, of uh, how we need to run a hybrid event, which is for those who don't know a mix between the, the physical presence, limited obviously, uh, and then the, the online. I don't know, Alex, if you want to talk about some uh, some you know challenges from our clients. Yeah, that I mean that's a really good point. Um, as specialists of crafting experiences, we had to rethink with our client, obviously, uh, how to engage their audience now that all the, the touch points have moved digital for the time being. But that's only for the three or four next months. Um, in six months down the road, uh, most probably uh, everything will be hybrid in, a, in this kind of social distancing future. I don't like to call it the new normal, so I'll, I'll call it social distancing future. Uh, what's happening there is you need, you're going to have a small set of audience you're going to bring in live uh, in a particular venue, but you want for whether it's cash reason, it's money uh, and cost or just physical reason because people don't want or cannot move anymore, you're going to have these streaming capabilities, this online experience or this augmented reality or mixed reality tools that are going to be added to the live experience that you used to have. And that's, that's in six months down the road. Uh, it's not in, in five years down the road, um, but it's now. It, because if we, right now, we only focus on digital, the world's gonna change again very quickly. People are really eager to meet again. People are really eager to go out to restaurants, uh, eager to go out and engage with brands. And there's, there's a certain limit on what you can do with digital. Yes, it's cool, social market, media marketing is great. Live streaming is becoming the whole rage right now. If you've seen in the last months, there's live streaming everywhere in China. Um, stars, um, TV anchors, everyone's getting into live streaming to sell products online with Tmall and Taobao. Uh, but there's going to be a fatigue to it because live streaming means you need to be in front of your computer and watch it. And you're competing with a ton of other people creating content on management, on education, on whatever. So you're going to compete with a share of attention of people. So fully digital is probably going to be only a short while. Then we go hybrid. And so how do we do hybrid? Um, we do hybrid by taking into account obviously the new uh, ways of people interacting in a social distancing way. So if you're gonna do a product launch, you want to do a product launch maybe with more at-home experiences where maybe a smaller set of people are gonna be able to come in store or in a particular location, but most of the other people maybe gonna go, uh, gonna get some package home that's gonna be activated or open right at the same time for everyone and maybe your fashion show or your watch uh, discovery of the new collection is going to be broadcasted and filmed real time in a boutique or in a venue that's going to be set up for that particular occasion. Uh, so you're going to have this subset of maybe a few people present, most of the people with at-home experiences. Um, maybe they'll get a bottle of champagne. Maybe um, they'll get me even maybe a box with a, a Michelin star chef meal coming uh, along with the discovery of the new collection for that particular watch brand or jewelry brand. Um, so you, you can address things in a, in a new way where you're gonna have this mix of physical and digital touch points, and that's gonna make it interesting. It's the same if you go towards retail and let's say more mass experiences, uh, if you're in, in the consumer good sectors, whether it's sports or everything, being able to touch 10,000 of people Obviously, you need to adapt to those physical touch points, but sending goodie bags home, uh, having also um, a broader experience for 10,000 people, but being able to cater it in a certain way, 
um, maybe sending like quiz and surveys in advance to understand what are the subsets in your persona of these 10,000 people. So that maybe you actually do three or four different broadcasts that are a little bit more personalized uh, with these people. And as Guillaume was mentioning before, um, all the tools of live interaction. So able to send not only just polls and quiz, but taking selfies online for 10,000 people at the same time and making that into the reveal of brand or logo. Um, creating walls that gets revealed by the participation of everyone, uh, maybe sliding something from their phone that appears on the screen and is gonna go and um, open up a hole or brick, a anything like that, that create and have the interaction and the participation of the audience gonna be key to make a successful hybrid experience uh, that is highly engaging and it's gonna try to uh, make people remember it. Amazing, thank you. I, I had a, a follow-up question on that. Do you feel that consumers are going to shift and are going to be less interested to some extent in in some live um, events and are going to want to do other things such as social impact, uh, do being a force for good, being in philanthropy after everything that's happened? Do you think there's going to be a shift in the consumer mindset in terms of interests? And how do you think you can manage to capture them and still get them to to meet on these digital touch points? <laughs> uh, well, uh, Alex, I, I have a short answer to this. Yes, I think there, there, will, be a, there will be a shift. Uh, and I think uh, live, live is a new luxury. Uh, I think that's a, a key sentence to remember. Uh, and I think after we have to talk about the age of experience, I will love that to you, Alex. But uh, <laughs> the, the live is a new luxury, and I think in, in the future, I am really certain that consumers will spend money to have the live experience uh, that is attached to the brand, or that is the brand at the end of the day, depending on, on which brand we are talking about. Um, so, so I think it, we are we are transforming into this. I think there has been a, an age of the internet where everything was free and accessible to everyone, but now that uh, with some limitation, uh, a large part of the physical event is to shift online. Then there will be a large part of the events that will happen to be. Uh, with a price tag, you know, for the experience. And I think that's what people uh, will want to see in the future. So be more connected in a sense, have this ex you know, expectation of a high quality standard online with the good practice that we are developing right now uh, in that uh, industry that is developing rapidly. Alex, you want that, to that wasn't a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So that was a great answer. That was a great answer. Great Thank answer. you so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Maybe to address also your point on sustainability. Uh, I think uh, maybe I'm, I'm talking on the standpoint of our industry. I don't think people are going to stop wanting to be rewarded or experiencing. That's the, the age of experience that we're getting into. We used to be in the age of information. There was big data. Every every all of that was king. Uh, however, with COVID, we just locked down the entire planet for two to three months. People just realized it's probably that information is great and get a ton of a laptop, but not being able to go to a restaurant, not being able to meet with friends, um, not be able to experience things is what really matters. And now uh, we're in the age of experience, probably for the next few years. Um, so sustainability, yes, I do. We do believe that in travel industry in particular probably the business travels 
flying from Singapore to Paris for two-hour meeting and then flying back and being jet, totally jet-lagged for a few days, spending $10,000 between a business class tickets and a hotel room for a night, that's probably going to disappear. You're going to get a lot less and less people doing that. Um, companies probably going to be more conscious on sustainability level. They're also just going to be cash conscious because uh, they're going to feel now that everyone has experienced work from home that actually that two-hour meeting can probably be done decently efficiently online. And you actually don't really need to fly your Asia CEO just for a two-hour meeting in Paris. So that that's going to change. Or however, what we call the incentive travel industry, which is when you take your 100 best customers, your 500 best salespeople on travel retail stores, are they going to want to watch as a reward a nice video for two hours and do an on online team building rather than going for five days in Sydney and do bungee jumping and, and see and take selfies with koalas? Probably not. They're probably going to want to still go to Sydney. So that's probably not going to change post-COVID. So that's where you have to, to place yourself also in, in the experiences. There's commodities uh, that might change, uh, which is your regular business travel, where people are gonna, and brands are going to be more conscious about it. However, as Guillaume said, there's going to be a premium on the experiences. It's going to become the new luxury, as he said. Um, that, that's right, that part is really important. I think, and if you think about experiences in itself, you have to think how, if that's going to become more and more prevalent in the future and that's going to be the center of attention of everyone, how do you stage engaging experiences? How do you make greater? How do you make experiences uh, that last? And that just not experience, but they're actually transformative. Uh, like this experience changed my life. This experience changed my perspective on it. So those, this is how you're gonna have, this is where agencies like us, but clients in general, I think in retail, in luxury, but even in insurance, gonna have to think about uh, how do I make my life experiences transforming so that they matters? They have to be robust. They have to be cohesive with the brand. They also have to be personal because that's what an experience is. Uh, if not, it's just a service. But if you customize it, then you become personal. They have to be dramatic and, and they have to be overall transformative with, with all that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is extremely interesting and I'm sure right now what's happening in Asia. As you said, there's a lot of live streaming. There's a lot, lots of different mediums that this is being done, but there's also a lot uh, that can be found. Now, when, when there's moments like COVID or pandemics, you always find spaces in the market that you might not have realized before. So this is a really, really exciting time. I, I have another question for you. I was wondering if I can learn a little bit more about what your day-to-day is like what does your day-to-day -day look like uh in this time and what are you what are your future plans uh as we were starting to discuss uh in the times of covid yeah you want to take it well the, the you're asking the day-to-day -day as a as entrepreneur or the day-to-day -day as a business uh owners which is slightly different for me <laughs> i want i want both both answers Okay, I'll give the entrepreneur, uh, if you want me to start. I think uh, it was, um, it was uh, a tough time. Uh, I think uh, by the end of January, 
uh, we uh, realized that uh, almost the entire pipe that we've been uh, building for months and years has uh, vanished. And then we look at each other with uh, the three partners. So there's Alexi and myself uh, in this uh, uh, podcast, but there's also Louis uh, in, in France, which is uh, the third musketeer. And, uh, and we're thinking, okay, uh, what, what do we do? And this is where the idea uh, came with Chablab and, and uh, that we have presented to you uh, today uh, while sharing our experience of the industry. And I, I do uh, think that the day-to-day -day, uh, life went back to almost normal for us because we were pitching, we were fine-tuning our services, our products, and we were also starting from uh, scratch from that particular angle by educating some of our clients. I mean, don't mind the world uh, for the sake of a better world, but some clients were very lost and starting from zero, and some were convinced that, like I said at the beginning, they have the right tool, but what they needed was a solution. So it was a very, very interesting journey. And to be honest, apart from the, the human uh, difficulties uh, with the staff and trying to keep the team together and, and waiting for the government to help here, which is not the same level of help uh, that we can have in France, for example, uh, even though they have been doing great things, uh, it, it, it was like going back you know, to the beginning, where we started on a sofa with our laptops, you know, uh, a few beers in the fridge, and okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of a, a, a reboot for, for those months where we are stuck home, where you don't have to worry about those 15 meetings in the day and wearing the, the best suit possible and being presentable uh, seven days a week to your clients. It was really back to, okay, I'm home, I can chill, we need to rethink that. And, and that's really cool because the solution came about super fast because we are three brains uh, into it. Alexi was uh, leading this project. And I think that's uh, that has something to do with INSEAD. I think it's in the blood, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then here we go. You know, so now we are back still in the office. So the day today uh, was from from very tough to uh, back to normal. Thank you. Super super interesting. And can I can you hear a bit more about the day to day when it in terms of what does it look like for clients and less a bit as a, an entrepreneur, but. Uh, but also what are your clients requesting? Yeah, sure. Um, I think us, ju just like the client had to be, had to go back to the drawing board. Um, there's like a huge differentiation of different maturity in the industry uh, across all setup clients. If you take, for example, like um, you take Caring Group, for example, they had um, e-commerce for Gucci uh, and proprietary, and all the rest of their e-commerce was outsourced. Um, actually, to Richmond Group, interestingly, they outsourced to Net-A-Porter and Nukes uh, versus LVMH, which always been like very brand-led instead of being group-led. They had already multiple e-commerce across brand, and who's also been very fast to turn around and bring new digital touch points and e-commerce into the playing game. Um, not sure if you saw the press, but Bulgari, uh, which is one of our clients, for example, released their own e-commerce platform in Singapore before Italy uh, about three weeks ago. So yeah. you had different usage. LVMH in China uh, jumped in straight away with Louis Vuitton on the live streaming uh, trend about two, three weeks ago, and they did a live stream for their store uh, on the Little Red Book, which is one of the streaming platform in China. Uh, that was a great idea, but eventually backlashed uh, because the setup they put behind it was um, very relaxed, very casual, and you actually look closer to like um, a street market stall. And so all the users online ended up telling that this clearly didn't reflect uh, the brand values 
uh, of craftsmanship and high premium that uh, Louis Vuitton stand for, uh, because it was made probably too fast and with maybe uh, a smaller budget. So it's it's important there. So our clients are also to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what's going to matter for us? What's going to matter for clients? How are we going to engage them? And how and probably the most important part, how is that going to drive revenue? Because let's face it, the biggest problem that all the brands have been facing for four months is 99.9% of the store closed on the planet, zero or very close to zero revenue coming in. Um, let's say mass consumer brands probably had a lot more touch point on e-commerce compared to luxury brands. The luxury brands were have always been lagging on e-commerce because they want to push forward the physical experience. But everyone had to put their brand back here. So that's been our, our mainly day-to-day uh, -day life with clients is calling them, talking about designing together new ways of connecting with their audience, brainstorming, creating campaigns. Uh, we're working with a brand right now in sunglasses and we're designing for them a, a campaign which is a mix of uh, fun contest online with Instagram filter and influencers. That's going to uh, take that contest into a broader level of audience. And then a mix with physical touch points in Q3 or Q4 uh, towards later of the year, where there's going to be activation in stores linked to that campaign before on Instagram and with Instagram filter. And also some personalization, uh, which means there's going to be some personalization on the item, on the sunglasses uh, in reaction to that online campaign. So we're getting into this online, offline, uh, and going from services, which what the brand offered um, uh, on top of product, to experience and even to the less level, which is transformation and, and customization. Uh, so a lot of, lot of, I think a lot of cloud with brands, uh, a lot of brainstorming, as Guillaume said, a lot of education, because there's different level of maturity. Some people are really advanced, they understand the difference between streaming and video conferencing, uh, so the difference between a YouTube live and a Zoom or a Hangout. Uh, some people are totally lost, um, and that's that's where we are. Fabulous! Thank you so much for your time today. Just um, a closing word. What is a word of advice you would give to MBA students who are going to be entering the workforce? Um, haha, that's a tough one. <laughs> First, for probably the, the first one, I would say good luck uh, because it's indeed uh, a very interesting environment at the moment. It's very fast changing. Um, what you assume was right or is right now, uh, right, might be different in three months or six months down the road. So maybe my, my second word would be stay open-minded look at every opportunities in terms of job, even though, uh, and I know within SEAD, uh, it's a very transformative experience. We were talking about transformation earlier. I think INSEAD is, is a great example of transformative live experience. So you need to give your open mail because even if you were in consulting before going to tech, uh, these things like that that happens quite often at INSEAD, uh, changing or even doing the triple change, changing location, position, and industry. Uh, but it's probably going to be where people are going to have to be very open-minded now because between countries being locked, uh, some industries recruiting, not recruiting, and all of that. 
I think uh, it's going to be a, an interesting challenge to uh, to get the your your the daydream job uh, in the next few months. Fabulous! Thank you so much. Well, hopefully, maybe if we're still on Zoom by the end of the year, we can get Shab events to live stream our graduation. Who knows? To create a, an experience for for the school. Well, I really hope that we'll be able to do a proper graduation somewhere either in Bali or Phuket for you guys. Um, so it's actually, I, I don't know if you know, but we've been organizing the graduation uh, trip for INSEAD for I think the past five years. Uh, since the I did the one for my class, uh, I'm a 13D, so I, I did the 13D one in Phuket back then. And then since the 2016Ds, we've been doing between Bali, Phuket or Croatia for the J class. Um, sadly, we had to cancel uh, with the, the student council of the J class. Uh, we had to cancel the graduation trip in, in July, uh, but we're talking on how we can reschedule that maybe in a one plus year down the road. Uh, but for the D class, for the 20Ds, hopefully um, the, the world, we still have another six, six close to seven months. Hopefully the world has restarted and travel becomes safer again in, in a few months down the road so that you guys can have a real graduation and not, not just a live stream, or at least a hybrid one where <laughs> some people made it and the rest of them had <laughs> a great experience online. Well, I really, I really hope this will be the case and we will be in Phuket uh, sipping mojitos. I'll tell you that much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much, Alexi and Guillaume for your time. Thank you, Celeste. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, Celeste. Take care. Thank you. Goodbye. Let me get the. Uh...